Hi, I'm Amber Cook. Welcome to my podcast, The Dragonfly Connection. Join me every week for open, honest, and real conversations about courage, transformation, and resilience to inspire and empower you to live your best life. This podcast is sponsored by HealingWays.com, helping you on your wellness journey. Visit HealingWays, that's Healing, W-A-Z-E dot com to find verified wellness professionals and holistic health resources. decades, my guest Eileen Lashinsky struggled with body image, weight, and her relationship with food. During a big chunk of that time, she also practiced as a clinical social worker, working primarily with women who were struggling with issues similar to hers. They came to her with feelings of depression, anxiety, relationship challenges, and unresolved traumas. They hoped that if they could change their bodies, all these things would magically disappear or at least become less significant. In her own words, she says, they were wrong, and so was I. Eileen embraced what is now called intuitive eating or the belief in the body's innate wisdom. She made a commitment to her own health and shifted her focus on health and well-being rather than the size of her body. She quit dieting, embraced intuitive eating, and developed a program to help other women find their innate body wisdom and their path to body freedom. After listening to this episode, if this story resonates with you like it did with me, You may want to pick up a copy of Eileen's brand new book, Reflections of a Fat Girl, Wisdom Lost and Found from Growing Up Overweight. You can connect with Eileen and learn more about her program called Find Body Freedom in the show notes. Enjoy. Eileen, thanks for being here. And I'm excited. Oh, my pleasure. And I'm and excited to get to know more about you and your story. And, and before we really dive in, we are strangers right now. We don't know much about each other besides what I've seen online on your website and a little bits you told me beforehand. I want to ask some icebreaker type questions. Just get to know you a little bit more. Let my listeners get to know you a little bit more because it's all about connection. I totally agree. Awesome. I knew you would. <laughs> And we've only been talking for six minutes. (laughs) I know that you've done um, a little bit of traveling, but where'd you first grow up? I was born in Fall River, Massachusetts, and I lived there until I was 17 years old. Okay. And then I went to school in Boston at Boston University. All right. Actually, after that, never really went back home. Um, I went to visit, but Boston and the surrounds became my home. Mm -hmm. And um, I was there and met my my forever husband, not my first husband. Oh, I love that. Uh, there. And then we moved to Plattsburgh, New York, uh, which is an hour south of Montreal. Oh, okay. And absolutely glorious, beautiful country. And it got very, very cold. <laughs> very, very cold. We were there for 19 years. And the longer we were there, the colder it got. Now, whether it was because I was getting older or it was getting colder, uh, that's up for debate. (laughs) But uh, we had been in the interim uh, vacationing in for the month of January Uh in South Florida. And as a result of getting away from the cold and actually falling in love with the area in South Florida, we were vacationing in Jupiter. 
mm. at the time Jupiter, Florida, not the planet. <laughs> not yet, anyway. <laughs> not yet, anyway, right? Exactly, exactly. We decided at some point, you know, we've got to do this. We've got to make this uh, a forever home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've been here for four years, and nice. I'm absolutely in love with it. We're living on the water. It's paradise. I'm looking out at palm trees and the Intracoastal Waterway, and it is uh, a wonderful spot to be in. So this is your forever home with your forever husband. Yes, well, I say forever home, but I'm one of these wanderers. So um, (laughs) in all honesty, Amber, I I don't know. One of my fantasies is to uh, get a large enough RV so we're not killing each other Mm -hmm. and just travel, you know, up and down the coast or across country or whatever. So, um that's one of mine, too. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I dream about that. Uh, mm-hmm. I haven't got my husband on board with that yet. And we and we have a fourth grader. And so I think I know a lot of families do it. But I think for us, it's just not for us right now. But I get that. I'm with you. I am hey, summertime. Summertime. It's good practice. It is good practice. When school's out. Yes. Well, in fact, um, I'm in Portland, Oregon, and we may be moving over to the East Coast Ooh, and uh, North Carolina, probably. Ah. Uh, we may be, yeah, we may be taking a big, long road trip over there. So your intuition is on. <laughs> All right. So you're loving Florida. Love um, Florida. Uh, how many languages do you speak? Oh, well, you know, I remember when I was in graduate school, they asked that question on the application. Okay. And um, I, I think I said two, three, uh, English, uh, French, and Spanish. The only one that I can really converse in, though, is English. what we're doing here. So, le poquito Spanish, French. That's about it. That's great. Yeah, I took four years of French, and I don't hardly remember any of it either. In fact, I think I think you remember more than me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm same. For me, I would just say English for sure. Um, I would love to learn more, but you know, that's another thing for another time. Exactly. Or um, another lifetime. Or another lifetime. So thinking about the last year, can you think of one big problem that you've had to solve? Personal, professional? Problem. <laughs> Whether or not uh, to get another dog. Okay. Our last doggy died. It'll it will it'll be two years ago in May, mm-hmm. and so uh, the debate is on: should we get another pup or not? And that's the biggest thing. And I want, and it's not that he doesn't want. He just isn't the timing right. Well, you know, after COVID, we want to travel. Da 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 da. And dogs are. Uh, A lot of work. Yes. And uh, to a degree limiting in terms of scheduling. Yeah. Um, So a problem, that should be the biggest problem I ever have in my whole life. Not a problem. If you're asking about an issue, that's the issue. Hey, that's that's not bad. No. You're very lucky. I am. But but I can imagine it hasn't always been that way. And what I want to really talk about is a problem or issue that you solved a long time ago, and now you help others help solve this problem for themselves. Uh And it's a problem. (laughs) And it is a problem you spent three decades of your own life struggling with uh, body image, weight, your relationship with food. And so... I want to hear more of the backstory, and I want to so I'll start there. Do you know what caused you to have this struggle in the first place? 
Yes. Well, this is uh, family lore. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I was a normal weight uh, baby, birthed at six pounds, nine ounces. And by the time I was five years old, I was uh, overweight, very overweight. And the story goes, and I'm not sure that anybody else but, uh, but me has connected the dots, but here is my dot connection. My grandmother, my father's mother, thought that I was too thin and not eating enough as a baby. And my mother, being a somewhat anxious mom and wanting to please mm-hmm. her mother-in-law, um, would find creative ways to feed me when I was done eating. And one of the techniques was to dance around the kitchen with a mop on her head. And I'm in the high chair or, you know, wherever I was. And when um, I laughed, she'd shove another spoonful of food in my mouth. Wow. And so um, my dot connection is I lost the ability to understand hunger and satiety because we're born with that. We're born knowing how to eat, mm-hmm. which is uh, one of the foundations of my work with women. Mm-hmm. We're born knowing how to eat. And I lost it because I was being fed more than I needed. And I was being fed when I wasn't hungry. And so that really started the problem. Yeah. Well, Okay, so this, you know, five-year-old little one doesn't understand that she's doing anything wrong when she's eating when she's not hungry. Mm -hmm. And I would eat when I was not hungry, and I kept gaining weight and gaining weight and gaining weight. And I loved food. I still love food. (laughs) Me too. There you go. And so as a result of that early conditioning, I'm becoming a snake-eating child. Mm-hmm. An overweight, still sneak eating adolescent, but anxious and depressed because I'm getting huge messages all through childhood and adolescence that there's something wrong with me because I'm not losing weight, I'm eating too much, I'm eating seconds, I'm eating the wrong thing, etc. Mm-hmm. And by the time I hit young adulthood, I was thinner, but I was doing it all wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, stupid diets like cabbage soup diet. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. I remember? Yeah. Yes, it's horrible. Right. Absolutely horrible. And there were so many others, too. And so I was very, very good at uh, restricting. Mm-hmm. I was very good at dieting. I was never good at maintaining weight loss because diets don't work. Yeah. 95% of people who go on diets gain their weight back yeah. in one to five years. That statistic has been true since I was in this process that I'm yeah. telling you about. The result of all of that, back and forth from highly, highly, highly restrictive eating. Back then, people weren't necessarily being diagnosed with anorexia. And I'm not saying that I was anorexic, but I had anorexic tendencies. Mm-hmm. So on that end of the continuum to this end of the continuum, on the opposite side, tremendous amount of binge eating. And thank God, not uh, purging yeah. as a result, but restrictive behavior to binge behavior and I was I made myself crazy I was miserable I was lost I was depressed I was anxious 
people who know about my program think the next thing I'm going to tell with you tell you is uh, a little bit amusing uh, because I was lost. I needed something. I knew I couldn't do it alone. I tried every diet. Nothing was working. I joined Weight Watchers. I joined Weight Watchers, and I have to say, uh, I have very, very fond memories of Weight Watchers because it was a community. Uh, and, and you will hear that from many people who yeah. belong to Weight Watchers. And I lost weight. And I loved just the attachment enough that I became not only a member, but a leader and a trainer. I was a oh, wow. trainer. Okay. Yes. And so I did that for a few years. And I remember one night um, I'm leading a meeting in Brookline, Massachusetts. There are uh, 90 women in the room looking at me. I've just, um, you know, I'm up there in front of people and I'm doing the lesson of the day, Mm -hmm. so to speak. And uh, they're looking at me with all of these anticipatory faces because I've got the answers to weight loss and weight maintenance, by the way. You know, I'm the guru. (laughs) Yep. In the room. And I'm looking at these faces and I saying to myself, Eileen, you are such a fraud. You are such mm. a hypocrite. A fraud and a hypocrite. Now I'm going to tell you, and you have to promise not to laugh. Okay. Because here's the story behind that. I'm saying that to myself because in my mind, I had just binged. Before I came to the meeting, I had just binged. But Amber, here's my binge. My binge was four graham crackers. Wow. Yeah. Why do I say it's a binge? Because it, back in those days, three graham crackers, not boxes, not sleeves, three graham crackers were a serving size mm-hmm. were at that time in exchange, yeah. it was called. And I had had four in my mind because I didn't follow the rules and I... I guess I still am a rule follower, but even back in the day, even more so than now, I didn't follow the rules. And I'm thinking these people are looking at me for the answers and I am a fraud and a hypocrite. So there's that voice that's screaming yeah. at me over here. There's another voice over here that's saying, wait a minute, Eileen, why is anyone or anything or any program telling you what to eat, how much to eat, or what your body needs. Mm -hmm. And there was the epiphany that changed my life. I got it in that moment, that intuitive moment, where I said, your body will lead you to health and well-being. Your body will lead you to the weight it is supposed to be at. And that changed my life. Yeah, yeah. So that epiphany just came out of you sitting in a moment and having all these realizations, or had you done any kind of studying about intuitive eating at that point? Okay, interesting. No, it it was in the throes of my screaming at myself, basically. Mm -hmm. And then thank God for this voice that said, "Uh uh-uh, that's not the voice you should be listening to. You should be listening to the voice of your body. Yeah, Your body has innate wisdom. Your body is your master teacher. Then when I got that, uh, that's when I started to read, do a lot of research, and eventually withdrew from the Weight Watchers program and uh, started, created my Mm -hmm. own program for women 
based on then. I'm not even sure that uh, in the term intuitive eating was being used. Yeah. It was natural eating, attuned eating, demand feeding. Uh, those were the terms that were used. Mm-hmm. Now, intuitive eating is pretty ubiquitous, so yeah. I use it. Um, but back then, I was learning how to naturally eat. Naturally eat. Uh, attuning to my own hunger and satiety rhythms. From that also was my needing to take a look at, so, okay, yeah, you were overfed as a kid. You were five. You're now in your mid-30s. Come on, Eileen. You know, <laughs> get a hold of yourself here. Um, you're, you're not overeating now for, this, for the same reasons you did back then. Why am I overeating? And there were so many things that came up. My emotional uh, uh, state or how uh, life crises, life transitions – uh, would drive me to want to come and soothe myself. Well, how did I know how to do that? I only knew one way to do that, yeah. using food to calm and soothe. So I had to learn about that. I had to learn about how there are so many other things that we can do out there to calm and soothe ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's how the transformation process started to unfold and the program developed more and more and more to not just being about how we eat. Over the last 10 years, mm-hmm. there has been for me more of an emphasis, more of an emphasis on body image, not that uh, how we eat and our weight and our health, those things are still important. But the thing is, we women have such a challenge and such a struggle with trying to feel good about ourselves at our natural weight where our bodies are telling us we're happy, we're comfortable, we have energy, we have health, we have vitality, but we don't look like that image in the magazine, on TV, in the movies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about. And I can say that because you're a woman. Definitely. It is something so many of us struggle with. In fact, yeah, I've done my Weight Watchers stint twice. I can't think of all the women I know that have that have tried that. And in fact, the most successful I was at Weight Watchers is when I just ate all my points and potato chips all the time. Oh my God, huh? See? You know, I mean, just, yeah, so unhealthy. You know, ice cream or chocolate. Yeah. yeah. And just so unhealthy. And then, you know, as soon as I went back to normal eating, of course, like you said, 95%, I was part of that 95% of diets don't work right. program. And, um, and I just, yeah, countless amount of women I know. Mm-hmm. When, you, uh, when you left Weight Watchers, because at that point it really was about the weight loss for you, when you were in Weight Watchers, you were really striving to keep that weight loss, to be the maintainer. You know, you were a leader. That's what you guys in Weight, weight Watchers are supposed to do. And we got weight. <laughs> yeah. We got, we, we got the little tisk-tisk uh, uh-huh. above our goal weight. Wow. And because I was a trainer, I had to go around with my portable scale to all of the district meetings and weigh 
the staff. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, Think about that. Yeah. So once you left Weight Watchers, uh, did you gain any weight back? Yes. Okay. And I how, uh, how was that for you? On Weight Watchers, I was restricted. Yep. Okay. Exactly. I was restricted. There was never anything that had sugar in my house. Mm-hmm. or fat in my house and everything in my house was reduced calories oh yeah so i didn't have cereal or pasta or you know i use those two as an examples mm-hmm. and the reason being is because when i met my forever husband he, he opens my cabinets and he says, where's the pasta where's the cereal what am i supposed to eat you know? <laughs> So you gained some weight. And I did gain weight. How did, that, how did that make you feel about yourself before you started your, down your healing path? I got very scared. I did. I got very scared. But what I knew was that it, when I really stopped to breathe, to calm and soothe myself, I was uh, gaining weight because I was overeating, mm-hmm. because I had been restricting so much that the rebound effect of that was to overeat and restricting, even if it was simply about not before not eating anything with sugar and fat in it. Mm -hmm. I was, uh, I made a commitment to myself. You are not eating ever again, anything that is reduced calorie, reduced fat or reduced sugar uh, food. You're not having it in your house. You're eating, you're eating food. (laughs) <laughs> just food 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 what a okay. concept <laughs> yes exactly what a concept so I gained weight and I was scared and then I said okay so you know take a breath Eileen reel it in and start paying attention to your hunger and satiety cycles mm-hmm. and your rhythms and start paying attention to the quality of the food that you are eating not the quantity of the food that you are eating, the quality, you know, fresh fruits and vegetables, complex carbohydrates, not simple ones, uh, high protein, but lean protein foods, um, you know, the, the good fats that are in foods, natural sugars, not added sugars uh, in the foods, mm-hmm. and um, things started to stabilize. And I'm going to be perfectly honest because you asked the question. My weight never did get back to the Weight Watchers days. Okay. But interesting thing was that I am now, and this this is now 30 to 40 years later. Oh, okay. I was leading uh, Weight Watchers meetings. Uh-huh. That I am at the same weight now that I was, you know, give or take a couple of pounds when I graduated from high school. Now, here's the thing. When I graduated from high school, I thought I was fat. <laughs> I thought I was unacceptable. Yeah. I thought I was unlovable. All the messages I got, I thought that I had to you know, lose weight, be skinny. I had to be skinny. Mm-hmm. And I look at pictures of myself back then. You know, Maybe other people have had that same experience. I look at pictures. I wasn't fat. Oh, yeah. I was just not a skinny girl. Yeah, I've had and that I'm not a skinny woman. And I wasn't designed to be. Yeah. That's the point. The point is, look at look at what I'm saying to you that I am at the same weight I was when I graduated from high school. I mean, that's 
amazing mm-hmm. to have stable weight mm-hmm. for all of those years. Yes. And to realize that it's not all about the weight. It is about how you feel now. And it sounds like now you're just in love with yourself. And it's not about your weight and how your body looks. And you have a healthy relationship with food, which is super empowering, I'm sure. And, you know, so I also don't want to mislead you or anybody listening. Does it matter to me how my body looks? Yeah, it does. But it's not about it has to look thin. It's not that it has to look skinny, which was such a, a an unattainable ideal that I attained for two seconds. <laughs> um, what it's about is, does it look healthy? Am I seeing uh, glowing hair? Yeah, does uh, it feel nails? Yeah. Vibrancy when I look at myself in the mirror. Can I accept, though, right alongside of that, that as we get older, women's bodies are designed to change? Mm-hmm. They're designed to change. Yeah. Look at adolescence, look at childbirth, look at, well, you're not there yet, <laughs> menopause. Look at as you're in my age bracket, as we start being one of the uh, female elders of the Mm -hmm. community. You know, my body does not look like it did um, that day uh, at the Weight Weight Watchers meeting. My my body doesn't look like it did when I graduated from high school. Yeah. Even though I'm still at the same size and the same weight, but it looks different. Yeah, as it should. Like you said, that's what we're meant to do. That's That's nature. That's nature. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and so many of us women are afraid of the natural processes of our own bodies. Yes. Yes. And that makes me very sad, actually, yeah. and angry. And yeah. angry at a culture that still imposes that upon us. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. It is. Thank you. Yeah. And we, we need to change it. And you're helping you're helping to change that. Now at the time, were you already a social worker? No. Okay. Um, this came, that I came later. entered graduate school in nineteen ninety-three. So what was interesting, I'm forming this program yeah. which was not called Find Body Freedom at the time. It was called the Gateway Group that then became and there's a story behind that, but we won't go into that. <laughs> and then it was called Body Sense for a lot of years. And now it is Find Body Freedom and partly because I rebranded because of the real strong focus on uh, body image. Mm -hmm. But to answer your question, as the original program was starting and I'm getting clients and forming groups, at one point I was leading five groups a week in my living room in Brookline, Massachusetts. And I'm thinking to myself, Oh, okay, Eileen, you know, you had issues when you were growing up that led to your struggles with all of this. Well, these women are talking to me about it, and and a lot of them with family dynamics that uh, weren't happy ones, a lot of them with uh, trauma issues, a lot of them currently with uh, relationship issues because spouses wanted them to look a certain way. That their bodies weren't designed to look at us. I need uh, more grounding. I would like to um, get more more of a skill set in how to work with 
these issues, which I can intuit, and I did, and I always did, I can intuit that, you know, what is the issue and how to work with them. But I wanted a little more grounding than that. So I uh, filled out my application to, uh, yet again, Boston University School of Social Work. I was accepted and graduated in 1995. That's where the schooling came in. Mm-hmm. So at that point, you had then already been practicing it for your, the intuitive eating for yourself. I want to back up a, a little bit from the time that you had that intuitive hit to tell you, you know, something needs to change with your own body and your mind set around it. Fast forward to becoming a social worker, helping other women. Where did you gain the hands-on knowledge outside of your own understanding and knowing? Did you do re- did you start to do a lot of research? Did you take classes? Research and reading. And I found some people have different feelings about this word. Feminist uh, authors. Mm-hmm. who wrote about empowering women to embody their true purpose in life mm-hmm. to feminist women who wrote about their own struggles with uh, body image, with weight, with weight in particular at the time and with eating. And there was one woman who I've never met. I consider her my best friend and my mentor, Janine Roth. And she is one of the women who changed my life, actually. Mm. She she did because she had a, a similar experience. She was a Weight Watchers member and decided one day she was, whether it was real or metaphorical, tear up her Weight Watchers lifetime membership card and started her own group for women who were struggling mm-hmm. with their bodies. And she wrote and wrote and wrote about breaking free from emotional eating, feeding the hungry heart. Uh, If you're going to eat out of the refrigerator, pull up a chair. I mean, all all kinds of wonderful, wonderful books and articles about, uh, she called it uh, demand feeding. Your body demands, your body's speaking to you, it demands to be fed. Well, hello feed it. So she was, uh, she really was one of the people who lit the pathway. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. For me. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. And so uh, you started gaining weight and you were doing your research and you were following your intuition. When did you notice the physical manifestation of, of all these changes you're making? When did you start to get to a healthy weight and really just feel solid and comfortable? That's a wonderful question. Good. Now, and it's a wonderful question because I'm not sure that I ever, I just, you know how you just roll through things? Yep. And I just have never been asked when was the moment in time that you can recollect, Eileen, that you are okay. And I think it was probably around, I want to say in the early nine, no, in, in the early 2000s. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I had gone up. I'm, I'm being perfectly honest yeah. about this process. But hey, when you starve yourself and you start to eat, you're going to mm-hmm. gain weight. Yep. I had gone up two sizes. Wow. And Yeah, two sizes. But again, those two sizes were... You know, I was at the same size I was in high school. (laughs) But I'm feeling good. I'm exercising every day, but not for um, not for weight loss. And this was the real shift. 
I was exercising for health and well-being. Mm-hmm. I was exercising every day, going outside, getting walks, getting runs. I had my dog, Sammy, at the time, who was running with me. And we were both getting healthy. Uh, he lost weight. <laughs> he lost <laughs> the weight that I gained. <laughs> but we were both healthy. We're both running and yeah. we're both feeling good. And my eating really had stabilized. Nice. Uh, and I was allowing in foods that I had never allowed into my life before. Oh, wonderful. Does that answer your question? Yes, yes. And what did it do to your mental state? It blew my mind open to the benefits of following my body wisdom, following how my body was leading me to natural weight. Yeah, yeah. So freeing. Did you just feel completely free? That's the word, freedom, freedom, and which is why Find Body Freedom yes. is the name of my program now. That's right. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, as somebody personally who has always struggled with my weight and my um, relationship with food, reading about you and listening to you now, I can just imagine how free that must feel. Free. Yeah, just freedom. You're right. Freedom, complete and total freedom. Do you ever find yourself sliding back into any old patterns of eating? Well, or I don't let them become patterns. Do I ever, if you're asking me, do I ever have any uh, kinds of iffy slash negative thoughts mm-hmm. about my body or my eating? Absolutely. You know, I'm a human being. I'm a woman mm-hmm. in this culture. And yeah, and then I have to remind myself of where I was and how lost I was and lonely I was Mm -hmm. and how I was doing so many unhealthy, inappropriate things in order to try to fit in to a size two or fit in to whoever the man was in my life at the time. This is in between husbands. (laughs) How the man in my life uh, wanted me to look. And uh, was I imposing my own stuff on that person? In some cases, yes, that's probably true. And in other cases, oh, look, you're getting a little bit of a belly, Eileen. Whoa. Yeah. You don't say that to someone who's grown up with a little bit or a lot of bit of yeah. a belly. In answer yeah. to your question, I certainly have over the years had thoughts. Yeah, and I just remember because all they are thoughts. Mm -hmm. They don't lead me to restriction. Yeah, they don't lead me to binging any longer. Yeah, Uh, wonderful. Me too. Okay, what's going on here? Mm. Um, So leads you to dig deeper into what's really going on. Yes, rather than just dig deep into your refrigerator. There you go. Perfectly (laughs) said. Perfectly said. Yes. Yeah. Wonderful. Oh yeah. my gosh. I need to follow your program. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> um, well, you can go to my website. Yes, I can. Freedom.com. I have to ask you a question, Amber. Yeah. Do you know that I wrote a book? I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> I do know. I and, I'm, and are we talking about reflections of a fat girl? We are. And I'm okay. going to show you. Okay, this is the book, Reflections of the Fat Girl. Wisdom Lost and Found. Oh, yes. Okay, Wisdom Lost and Found from Growing Up Overweight. 
and I lost a lot of wisdom. That was the body wisdom, and uh-huh. I found a lot of wisdom uh, as a result of living as a fat child and being so lost as an adolescent and a young adult. And I also gained a lot of wisdom because of uh, all of the things that I researched and read about and learned that I incorporated into my own life first and then into my programs. Um, So, yes, reflections of a fat girl. When I was in private practice in Plattsburgh, New York, Mm -hmm. from 2009 to 2016, I wrote a monthly uh, article for uh, a women's magazine published by our local newspaper up there. Uh, The magazine was Jill Magazine, just for women. And I'm sure some men read it, but it was designed for women. And I wrote about everything and anything having to do with women and our challenges with having to do so much in our lives. How do we fit in time for self-care? How do we feel about a body that doesn't look like the bodies that we see depicted in everything that we look at? And all of that. And those uh, monthly articles are now in Reflections of a Fat Girl. I used myself, but this book is not by any means uh, an autobiography of how I started out as a natural weight baby and then became a fat child, etc. It's about us women. It's about us women and all of the challenges we have to fulfill multiple roles and to still feel good about ourselves, even though our bodies, they don't look like what we see around us. So as women, we do put a lot of, and like I was saying, I can't think of a better word. We put a lot of weight on our body image and it affects, it ripples out and affects so much of our life, holding us, holding us back, I think. So although we're talking about falling in love with your body again and being comfortable and having a healthy relationship with food, those are huge issues mm-hmm. that can that can hold us back from so much. Absolutely. Happiness and careers and living our dreams. And, and it's just this huge ripple effect. Um, I, I agree with you. Yeah, not just for the title, but I, I think I'm going to love your book. <laughs> Before we say goodbye here in just a few minutes, I, wanna, I do want to touch on your programs a little bit more. I want you just in kind of your own words, what goes on if someone were to join your program? Well, they, they have a, 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 actually a variety of ways of joining my program. Um, they can simply read the book and get so much of the core of my philosophy and the philosophy that's in Find Body Freedom Mm -hmm. uh, in the programs um, by reading the book. Also, there's a wonderful webinar on the website um, that one can purchase called Mm -hmm. Boost Your Body Image that really helps women do exactly that, get a boost in their body image. For people who really want to shed a lot of their cultural impingements, the socio-cultural impingements, which have kept us uh, trapped 
mm-hmm. in a box trapped in a certain image. If I don't look this way, then I'm not lovable and acceptable. Then I have a modular program. There are five modules. One is an introduction that covers all the philosophy and the definitions. The second module is the module on body image. Uh, the third module is on our relationship with food and eating. The fourth module is on uh, exercise. And the fifth module is on our weight mm-hmm. and our relationship with the scale. <laughs> I don't know about you. I don't weigh myself because the uh, scale's always been a huge trigger. And it I is a huge trigger. Yes, yes. Yeah. In fact... I have a friend who even goes, she's brave enough, and maybe you do the same thing. She's brave enough to go to the doctor. And when they tell her, not brave enough to go to the doctor, but when she goes to the doctor, they get ready to weigh her. She says no. And she just won't even let them weigh her. And and she just refuses. Um, I will turn my back to it. Well, yes. And I am more like you than I am your friend. <laughs> I did have a political sit-in at the, one doctor's office many, many years ago where I absolutely refused to be weighed and had to battle with the nurse. Yes. That's what she has to do, yeah. Exactly. So anyway, long story short, yes, I get it. So the point being that how how do people work that program? Um, You have a choice. You Mm -hmm. can either purchase it and you're on your own self-pace by yourself. And I have had a number of people purchase it that way. Mm -hmm. And then I have had people who... If they want to work with me one-on-one as they go through the modules, they purchase the total program. And as part of it, they get five, five sessions with me for an hour each are included as part of that program package. Mm, So, and people have access to me in between our calls through emails yeah. Um, so people can ask questions. They don't get something, but um, we have our sessions. And uh, then if there are enough people who are in a queue for a group, uh, a group way of working the program, Mm -hmm. we have a small group and we meet for group calls uh, twice a month. And everyone also gets a, a complimentary session with me as they work through the modules. So they also nice. get five free modules. So nice. there are a number of ways to do this. Mm-hmm. And the idea I've constructed the modules so that people can start to realize how they can, they can, if they can open their minds, shed off the cultural, the sociocultural definitions of who we women are supposed to be and what we're supposed to look like. And we do that module by module, the shedding off. So by the time people are done with the program, are they fixed, cured, healed? I wish I could say absolutely, and there's a guarantee for that. But they're well on their way mm-hmm. to feeling freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Nice. For someone listening that maybe doesn't, maybe weight or body image or relationship with food, maybe that's not their challenge, but they're just 
struggling with something or wanting to make a big change. Do you have any words of wisdom that you'd like to share? Change um, is going to happen in one of two ways. If we, as women in particular, Mm -hmm. intuitively tap into our wisdom place, we know that we need to make some changes. And as you said, in whatever arena of our lives. So we can actively participate in the change process. Mm -hmm. Or the universe is going to come along and pull the rug right out from under us, and we're going to be forced to change. Yes. Okay? Yeah. Now, here's my take on it. Okay. I've gone through both ways. The universe slapping me up the side of the head, and I will be totally forthcoming. Divorce from my first husband was one of those moments. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I got that uh, proverbial rug pulled out from under me. So having gone through both ways, I prefer to participate with the universe in the change process mm. rather than just be, you know, like a two by four on the right. side of the head. Yeah. No choice. Yes, our ten- tornado comes up and swoops you up and well, you lands go. you wherever. <laughs> and, um, not in Kansas. And not in Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> I am excited. I think that I will be reading your book soon. And I have a lot of people I know that need to read it as well. I'll be sharing that. So, oh, thank um, you. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a wonderful pleasure to talk to you and meet you. And you're vibrant and bright. I can't, I can't imagine you the way that you were 30 years ago. Yeah, so. depressed and struggling and lost. And no, those, I have to remember her, though. Yeah. I have to honor her. And take yep. her along on this journey. And she is just so much happier now. Yeah, how beautiful. Yeah. Awesome, Eileen. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Oh, Amber, I thank you for this opportunity. It's just been a delight talking to you. Thanks. I've had fun. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Our stories may be different, but we all have one thing in common. We're all trying to figure out how to navigate life on this planet, and none of us have it completely figured out. No matter what you're going through in your life, just know that you are never really alone. Come back every Wednesday for more inspiration and connection, and follow me on Instagram at thedragonflymama.com so we can stay in touch between episodes. Take care. (laughs) 